Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. Right. Well, I'm going to pray for some loudness this morning. Um, Lord, I thank you that uh, when you speak, you speak in a quiet whisper. And sometimes you speak very loud. And uh, I want to pray, Lord, that this morning uh, we've, we've enjoyed that quiet whisper of your spirit amongst us. And that's yeah. been great. But, Lord, we want to pray that you would come in all your might this morning. We want to experience the fullness of your spirit this morning. And as Dave speaks to us, Lord, let us just understand more of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Um, I should probably go off off piste a little bit this morning. Um, I went to my uh, Kapirian uh, Christmas party last night up in Manchester. And I was just thinking of it uh, this morning. I, I went to Piccadilly Station and I walked through the streets of Manchester. And uh, I can't remember hearing the F word so many times. And it wasn't because I was pushing people over. It was just because people just use that expression so much. And I sat down with my colleagues. It was all around me, the swearing, the, all of that. And I got on the train to come back. I heard things that I can't unhear from young people, what they've been doing in toilets. And it's just come to me. Uh, there's a part in Isaiah, it says, I'm a man of unclean lips, living, surrounded by other people with unclean lips. I want you to just stand up. This is the, this is the unprepared part. Can we just pray? Wherever we go, let us see the gospel come. Let us see people who have unclean lips, who have unclean lifestyles, but no, no better. Let us see the, the movement of God come, change their language. May that F word become praise of you, Lord. Lord, I, I, I can handle it, but I don't want to hear it. I want to hear praise to you, Lord God. I want to pr- hear praise in the streets of Manchester, in the streets and on the, uh, on, on the trains, in Buxton, in Matlock, in Bakewell. We want to hear the praise of your name, Lord. Lord, we, your, your, the, the Lord's Prayer says, you know, that your name should be made hallowed, made holy. Father, we pray, come, may there be a move of the Holy Spirit upon this nation, Lord. Amen. It was good fun, though, (laughs) my Christmas party. Some people I hadn't seen for nearly two years or even more. First time we'd been together, um, and it was great. And uh, there are some people, they just don't have that, that ability to or that opportunity to talk to others and tell of, of their difficulties. 
So one of my colleagues, that's one of my most senior ones, he just confided in me. And, and uh, telling me things that only he and his wife knew. I'm like, I'm just sitting here having my steak and supping a beer. And he's coming and telling me these things. And why? Because he sees me as a representative of the gospel. Because I've got these things on the side of my head called ears. He said, I know you will listen. And I said, you know my faith is important as well. Because he, he told me some, some years ago about his wife leaving him. And he was in tears as, as we were uh, sitting in, in our desks next to each other. And I said, okay, come on, let's pray. And I prayed for him. And six weeks later, his wife came back to him. We are representatives of the gospel. And that's what I want to talk about today. I am nothing special. I'm not, I'm, there are many of you who are far better at this than I am. I just want to raise your faith to say, you know, you can make a difference just by being in the world, listening to people. But I want to go and give you some encouragement as to how we can perhaps do that. Um, the last few weeks, we've been looking at uh, Corinthians uh, and... Sorry, Colossians. Okay, yeah, well, I, I, I will get there. But Colossians, yeah. And uh, I thought, you're probably bored with Colossians, so I'm going to use Corinthians. <laughs> uh, so there we are. That's, that's, that's how we go. But let us look first at the passage in Colossians that I'm supposed to speak of. And then I'll go to Corinthians. So if I can have that. I don't get it on there. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Can we just have a look at the, the Corinthians one now? Written by Paul, of course, the same. I too try to please everyone in everything I do. Don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that they may be saved. So we're talking about representing Jesus in order to see people saved. And that's what I want to talk about uh, this morning. Um, I, I watch quite a lot or listen to a lot of podcasts, um, Christian and non-Christian. And I would encourage you to do the, do the same. Uh, but what you do, what you need to do is you need to put the scripture alongside what you hear to test it. Because otherwise you will be swayed by every uh, argument that the world brings. So knowing your Bible is important. Read your Bible Go to group, discuss what is being said so that you can learn, so that you can be challenged. But then you can challenge what you hear in the media. Because it's all around us, isn't it? You can't get away from all the different arguments that there are. But let the word of God be your plumb line. Let that be the basis of your life. So, uh, there was one... Um, Podcast. I, I was listening to uh, Desert Island Discs, 
and you can listen to some of the older ones. And uh, being a, you know, a, a football fan of, of, of a really good team, the, the mighty Arsenal, I saw that Ian Wright had given his uh, Desert Island discs. And uh, I have a sort of, I can't say connection with Ian Wright, uh, but w- we went to school in the same area. Uh, that's about as... <laughs> it's pretty loose. We're a similar age. But his school... His school backed onto my school. I went to the grammar school. It was 90% white, 10% black and Asian. He went to the comprehensive school, which was 95% black and 5% Asian. But I, and, and his school used to sometimes come round and try and terrorise us because we were the good boys. I used to come in our, in our playground... <laughs> Yeah, I was supposedly the good boys. So I know that kind of the area where, uh, you know, Lewisham is not exactly the, the greatest part. It's a bit like Manchester, I, I'm sure. Plenty of the F word there. And, uh, but it's a really, I just want to play a two minute excerpt of what uh, Ian Wright says. It is secular, okay? He is not talking about God. Uh, but I think the parallels are amazing to me. Uh, you have to understand that he was brought up uh, by, as he describes it, uh, a bully. Uh, his stepfather was a bully uh, who smoked pot and beat his, his, um, his mother up. And so he was really uh, in a very disadvantaged way. Uh, so I want you, if you can, if Sarah is ready, if we can just play this very short excerpt and try and think of the parallels that I drew. Sarah. Span. Yeah. What was going on with you? I just found it very hard to, to focus on what they wanted me to do. If you had to write an essay, if you had to do maths or anything, it, you know, the teacher would have to spend a lot more time because I didn't quite grasp it. My handwriting was really poor. I wasn't confident with my reading. And then I remember being outside the classroom, like, for the third occasion, and Mr Pigden, when he walked past, you know, I wouldn't even look at him. You know what I mean? I was so scared of him because he was really strict. And I remember on this third occasion... He looked at me, he looked down at me because I was seven. I was, I was at the school the other day because I had to do his plaque. And he looked down at me. It felt, <laughs> it felt like he was looking at me for an hour. And I wouldn't look at him, but I could see his clothes. I remember he had these, his shoes were so shiny. He had turn-up trousers. His suit was always so immaculate. And then he looked at me and then he went into the classroom, said a couple of things to the teacher, this and that. And then he came back outside and he said, come with me. And that changed my life. I mean, many castaways will sit where you are now, Ian, and reference individual teachers who changed their lives. But Mr Pigden was truly important to you, to the extent that you dedicated your autobiography to him. How did he treat you? How did he engage with you and challenge you? I know he loved me. You know, I don't know why he chose me. I'm glad that he did. Once he came in, and you know, it was everything was so much better. He was the one who taught me about Jimmy Greaves and... Making sure when you finish, Ian, when, you, when you're going through with the goalkeeper, pass the ball into the goal. 
looked for the space, scored beautiful goals, but he gave me responsibility. I mean, I used to collect the registers from the teachers. Then they made me milk monitor. I really liked that, and, you know, I looked up... What was that like for the kid who couldn't sit still? Well, it was really good. I I just felt important. Mm. And then what he'd do, he'd put me back into the classroom, and then my writing got better. He wouldn't let me play football if he'd heard that I'd been naughty in class. He just gave me a sense of feeling like I I had some use. You know, it was really weird, because of the viral video that went around... I find it very moving. Just, and, and I just want to pick out some of the points that he made there because I think they are godly points. The first thing he says is when he's sitting outside the head, or sitting out his class outside his classroom, is the teacher came and he called me. He said, "Follow me." I want to encourage you. Many of you may say, I go to church, I'm a Christian. But has God called you? Have you had that sense of God saying, come with me? And have you said, yes, Lord? Because you can be sitting here and have come for years. But if if you don't have that sense that God has called you, you won't have that sense of God's grace as much, for sure. It's so important. I, I had a, I've just had, preparing this, just such a sense of just standing here, looking to be called. I, I remember being called uh, the day I was born again. It was very clear to me. He said, follow me. And I said, I follow you. And I've had to do that again several times over, over my life. There's a call again today to say, come, follow me from, from Jesus, from the Holy Spirit. One of the things I, I reflected on is, you know, we, we, we have the, um, it says in, in the Bible that, uh, the, the, the veil in the temple is torn in two. And it says in Hebrews, we are encouraged to come boldly into his presence. But it's not like that invitation isn't like you are given a ticket to Alton Towers. Where, okay, you get to Alton Towers and you get in and then you're in the grounds. And you can go around, you can go to the cafe, you can go and have a drink, you can sit down, you can go on the rides. No. The veil in the temple has been split so that we can stand in the Holy of Holies. We stand before a holy God. When we are called, we stand before a holy God. And that is a very important point, I feel, God wants to make. We don't get called into that position to kind of lean up against the wall yeah i'm here again lord no this is a holy place there is a holy call for us because i go back to what i started off with we are surrounded by a people of unclean lips and sometimes our our lips are unclean too but there is a holiness coming that will change things So when we are called, 
that sense of holiness will come. One of the other things I loved about that Ian Wright testimony is the teachers. He says about the teacher, I knew he loved me. That just kind of breaks me. I knew he loved me. I knew he loved me. Do you know God loves you? Are you sure? There's some nodding heads. <laughs> Good. Because you've got to know that God loves you. There is a point to say, yes, I have to take that by faith. I accept that. But God also wants you to know that you can experience and say, I know God loves me. That will change you. And that will change you for eternity when you know that. The other thing in in that passage from Ian Wright is the grace of God. He says, I don't know why he chose me. He was a seven-year-old. You know, I, I don't, he would probably look quite good at playing football. But that teacher didn't do it because of that. He just did it randomly. And the teacher isn't a Christian. I, I checked because he died a few years ago. And I thought, well, maybe he's a Christian. No, he's not. It doesn't, there's no reference in his obituaries to any Christian faith. I just encourage us to be like that that teacher, Mr. Pigden, show love. And he knew that there was a grace that was on that man. I want us to be a church full of grace. We are a church full of grace, I would say. I mean, the, the why do we do what we do in, in you know with the jigsaw uh, actions that we do? Neil spoke, uh, there was a Christmas lunch for the volunteers uh, for the food bank back last Monday and I had the privilege of just just being around for that. And Ruth spoke very movingly and, and uh, practically about how the, um, the whole thing works. There are 70 people here, 70 volunteers. Amazing. And she explained how everybody works together over the week and it all comes together. And she told of the people who, who when they receive it, sometimes just a bunch of flowers makes, breaks the tears from their eyes. And that is just too much because nobody has bought them te- uh, flowers for many years. That's the grace of God. That's that undeserved favor that we are able to express through very simple things like that. And then Neil uh, spoke very shortly and just explained that we are a church, that we do this because the gospel message is to feed the poor, to help those who are in need, to clothe those who haven't got clothes, and to bring justice. He was, I, I guess he was speaking from Isaiah. That is what we are about as a church. We can stand here and try and, you know, I can try and cajole you into going out and sharing your testimony, you know, three times every week. But people will see through that. People will see that that is just church trying to increase numbers. What they want to see is reality in you. 
reality in me. That the expression of what we believe is done both in actions as well as our words. So Jackie doing the the debt counselling with her team, such a key part because it helps people's mental health because they've got themselves into a mess or other people have got them into a mess. It's so important. We look not just at preaching the word, but it is holistic, is our strategy. That is what we do. Feed the poor, preach the gospel, love people. And a little bit of, of what that teacher did for Ian Wright is showing love and showing acceptance, putting boundaries in as well, because that's important as well, that we must have boundaries in our life. We are free as Christians, but we are free to move within the boundaries of what God, God's conscience puts in our, holy, in, in our spirit through his Holy Spirit. So it's not that we can just go off and do anything we like. No. God puts boundaries in there so that we can be safe. We can be secure. <clears throat> and then the, the final thing is from that was that that teacher gave Ian right purpose. You saw he, he says his, his writing got better, but he had purpose. And that, that helped him go through. What is your purpose? I'll tell you, I'll give you the answer. It's back to where I started it from. That we are to be the representatives of the gospel. That is our purpose. If you want to know what your, your ministry is, it's to be a representative of the gospel. Now, Brian is a teacher. So is Charlotte. A number of you are teachers. Wherever you are, you are representing the gospel. You know, the world of co-rotating twin-screw extruders needs representatives of the gospel. I'm the only one. <laughs> In this country, anyway. Wherever you are, you are the representative of the gospel. Learn to understand his love. Learn to understand his grace. Read the Bible. I I put some notes here. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to do them because I think I just want to... I think I just want us to, to pray for each other. But if you look at, the, if you look at the, the gospel, if you look at the Bible, you will see the stories, how Jesus dealt with people, where he dealt with the, the woman caught in adultery. He dealt with her with grace, didn't he? And she knew by the way that he dealt with her in grace, because she didn't deserve it, she knew that he loved her. And then we see perhaps the same woman later on pouring oil over him and anointing him before his death and worshipping him. And others were offended. But Jesus says, this woman has done a wonderful thing and this will be remembered over the, over the centuries, over the millennia. Her act of worship. Uh, another thing I, I picked up on... Um, listening to a podcast 
And somebody was saying this in, in a different way to the way we would listen to it. But he was saying, what you worship, you imitate. Now, he was talking about ungodly things. I, I can't remember what it was. What you worship, you imitate. Now, I, I heard that and I thought, that's great. I wrote that down on, on a scrap of paper because that's, this, that's a, this is the sort of time when I can bring these sort of things up. What you worship, you imitate. Who are you worshipping? Are you worshipping your family? Are you worshipping, I don't know, celebrities? I can't believe that anyone would worship a celebrity, but people do. Look at Jesus. Let's look at the cross. Look at him. And we worship him, and by doing so, we will imitate him. Imitate him, that is the other side of the coin. That is your act of worship. So the way that you dispense grace and kindness and mercy to others, that is just as much an act of worship as we enjoyed for the last three quarters of an hour. What you worship, you imitate. Who are you imitating? Are you imitating Jesus? I want to encourage you to imitate him as your act of worship, and you will be a representative of the gospel. Okay, I think that's enough. I want, I want us all to pray. So Matt, could you come back and give us some songs? Because I want, just, I want to enjoy the presence of God. Peter's got something for me. I can't read it. This is from, from Neil over at uh, Harlem. He said, uh, Psalm 82, 3 and 4 says, Give justice to the poor and the orphan. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the poor and helpless. Deliver them from the grasp of evil people. Okay. <clears throat> Should we just stand up? I want to go back to where I started from, the first part, calling. Have you heard God call you? So let me just, let's just take a few seconds, fix your eyes on him, engage with him and say, Lord... I am prepared to hear your call to follow you. I don't just want to be someone who attends church. I want to know your calling. Have that conversation with Jesus now. Lord, calling is come follow me 
do that deal with God. Lord, I hear you calling me. Are you prepared to follow him? That's the challenge. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I am, Lord. I will follow you. Change me. Change me by your love. Change me by your grace. Teach me more of your grace. Help me to treat people more graciously, open-heartedly, open-handedly, but wisely. Lord, I follow you and follow your ways of grace. Lord, I thank you that you've given me purpose, Lord. To be your representative of the good news of Jesus, wherever I am. Whether I'm at work, in the pub, in the streets, on the phone, wherever I am. I want to be a representative of the good news of Jesus. Lord, where we've, where we've fouled up, where we've made a mess of that, Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness. Come, Lord. <laughs> Come, Lord. Release that spirit of repentance, spirit of forgiveness on us. If you need to deal with that, deal with that, do with that now. Speak to the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, forgive me. I am a man or woman of unclean lips, surrounded by others of unclean lips. But I want to serve a holy God. Lord, come. Lord, come. As Dave was talking, I was just reminded of Jesus all those years ago when he called his disciples. He went to normal men and women, fishermen, tax collectors, doctors, all sorts, and said simply, come follow me. And they spent three years following him, learning from him, seeing what he did. And I think God would say this morning, come follow me. Come see what I'm doing. Let the Holy Spirit show you what I'm doing. Because the Holy Spirit is now Jesus' representative who can be with us because Jesus is in heaven with God. But this morning, the call would be, come follow me. Paul's doing my job. This is a, it's a serious point, a serious moment. Just do that deal with God. Come follow me. Lord, I say, I want to follow you, Lord. I want to know your love and your grace as I follow you. And some some people may have forgotten that path. 
forgotten that past that they know they have been called on. So there is a time to repent, and I would say it's no public thing. You just do it, do that deal with God, with the Holy Spirit, and say, I've walked my own path. Lord, I want to go back to walking your path, a path of righteousness. So just take that time to do that now. Some of you will feel awkward doing this. just shows that there's a power in doing it. It's important. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, just the person next to you. Well, John, you're going to have to come and lay hands on me and me on you. I want you to just say, my purpose is to represent Jesus, to represent the gospel, the good news. So just pray for the person next to you. Just as we draw to a close, there's this phrase that's kind of running around. I know I've probably preached on it myself before, but there's this phrase that keeps running around my mind, and it's that we're encouraged to live in such a way that it makes it easier for others to believe in Jesus. So living our life in such a way that we don't put obstacles in their way, we don't make it difficult, actually we make it easy. Actually that by our faith, by the way we live, by the way we conduct our lives, it makes it easier for others to believe in Jesus. And I want to encourage you, I mean, out of all that kind of Dave said today, which is great, I just want to kind of wrap it up in this thing, is are you choosing to live your life in such a way and it makes it easy for others to believe in Jesus. Yeah, just, just goes back to that last part that I spoke about. What you worship, you imitate. So Lord, we want to be worshippers of you, imitators of you, Lord. And as we read your words, open our eyes to see how we can imitate you how we can imitate your ways and be more like you every day, Lord God. I pray that we will not go away the same this morning as we were when we came in. We want to imitate you, not the world, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Um,